everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. As you all may know, or if you're new here, welcome, I love to talk about sports. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Although I think it's time to use my voice as a woman to talk about the ugly. Women have never had it too easy with much in life regarding rights, equality, and much more. We all love to hear about how great men are in the NFL, NBA, and MLB. But seriously, it's time to give our women some recognition for what they've overcame and what they've gotten to. It's important to know our history to even be able to form an opinion on this. So that's where I'm going to start. From the beginning of time, women have been labeled as weak, lesser than, and only good for one thing. Participating in sports was the last thing that men had on their mind back in the day when they thought about women. After some time, women were able to participate in field days at school and get some type of athletic event. It wasn't accepted for a woman to be using their bodies in this way, but this was just the start. Women were not equal in any way possible and began to fight back with things like the women's rights movement. In 1972, Title IX became a thing and stated that no person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participating in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving financial assistance. This sounds great, right? Public schools have to let women get the same sports opportunities as men. Well, did you notice how they were sure to add, quote-unquote, on the basis of basis of sex and nothing about skin color or race. That's because black women were not included in this. Title IX was a step in the door for white women. It was acceptable for white women to take this opportunity and run with it, but black women were still kept in the dark. A prime example of this was Louisa Harris. Far beyond her time, she was a phenomenal basketball player. Louisa, who was otherwise known as Lucy, was an African-American woman thriving in a sport in a white man's world. You probably aren't familiar with this name, as I wasn't either, because to this day, black women do not get the recognition they deserve for their insane accomplishments. Lucy thrived on her team at Delta State University. She led her team to three AIAW championships in a row. She was simply unstoppable. She was so good that she competed in in the Olympics after her junior year, and then when she graduated, the NBA wanted her. But she turned it down because she knew what that would mean for her. A black woman playing in a man's sport at the time was just simply unheard of, and she truly believed that it was a publicity stunt. You hear something like this, and you just have to think, wow, she was insane. But why doesn't her name live on? Because not only was she a woman, but she was a black woman. Lucy wasn't the only black woman who excelled far beyond others in her sport. Jackie Joyner Kersey was an outstanding heptathlete that had to struggle and persevere to show the world who she was. Jackie came from a rough upbringing and attended a predominantly white college, UCLA, when she was in the sport. With the help of an amazing coach that transferred there who saved her from a terrible coach, she was able to finally prove herself to the world. Jackie went on to win a total of six Olympic medals, being recognized by Bruce Jenner as the best athlete, man or woman, in the world. Jackie was the type of athlete to leave it all on the field. She kept her regular life separate from her competing one. She played a part in two different Jackies, both in which she was very proud of embracing. When she was competing, she didn't care what she looked like. She cared about how she performed. Off the field, she enjoyed embracing her feminine side, being fashionable and showing everyone how a beautiful black woman can accomplish just as much and more than them. For her and her sister-in-law, Florence Griffith Joyner, who was a world-class sprinter, it was never just that easy. 
Florence embraced her femininity of looking lavish on and off the field, truly showing that women can do it all at once. Yet again, why was it never that easy for them just to do this? Because they were judged by their skin color. When the time came that athletes were getting caught for using steroids to enhance their physique and performance, Jackie and Florence faced criticism. Despite testing negative for any type of drug enhancements, the backlash didn't stop there for black women who were successful. The media started to tear them apart and or only focus on their body and legs. Instead of focusing on the insane accomplishments that they had or they were making, it was about their bodies. Sexualizing women in sports. I'm sure this isn't the first time you're hearing about something like this because it still continues to happen and we're in 2020. Instead of praising women for their athleticism, male reporters, hosts, etc. still feel the need that they have any type of right to comment on a woman's body. This should infuriate people. This should infuriate everyone. Have you ever taken the time to listen to what a post-game interview is like for a woman? More than likely, at some point or another, a woman's going to be interviewed about her appearance. This doesn't happen to men. This would be a hysterical joke to a male athlete if something of that sort was brought up to them after a game or competition that regarded their body or what they're wearing. Black women face this even more than white women do, and it needs to be talked about. Jackie and Florence were legendary athletes, but the color of their skin was something people couldn't look past without making accusations and unnecessary commentary on them. Even as a child, I could recognize this before my own eyes. So what is so difficult about it for adults? Prime examples are my two idols from tennis, Venus and Serena Williams. I followed these women in tennis like it was my job. The skill that they project when they're playing singles or doubles is extremely praiseworthy, yet they were made out to be like monsters most of the time. Venus is constantly scrutinized for different behavior during her playing, things that are simply overlooked when men do it. Because why? Because boys will be boys. Venus was a beast on the court, and I mean that in the nicest and most admirable way. But it's not enough to just give her the praise she deserves for how an amazing tennis player she is. The media has to take it another step too far to criticize the outfit she wears, her muscular build, her ass, and so much more. The thought process is always, well, why would you wear something like that or look that way if you don't want people to comment it? Well, I don't know, maybe because she wears what's most comfortable for her to play in and succeed in. If you keep up with tennis like I have, you know this isn't happening to the white women who play. Sure, an outfit will be brought up every now and then but they're not being bashed the way Venus has throughout her career. If what I have already said about the history of how black women were treated in sports isn't bad enough, it's time to talk about how black immigrant women and their treatment in sports was. The Ogwumike sisters faced three odds against them as basketball players. They are women, they're black, and they're immigrants. Shanae and Neka were second-generation immigrants living in Houston, Texas. Chanae became Stanford's all-time leading scorer with 2,737 points, and Neka became third all-time with 2,491 points. They went on to be drafted first overall in the WNBA draft after they graduated from Stanford. The sisters were used as what is called model minorities. Instead of focusing on how much they had to have overcome and accomplished to get where they were because of the struggles of being a second-generation immigrant from Nigeria, they were used as a figure to downplay others known as problem minorities. 
They used the fact that they were from Nigeria to explain why they were successful and that Nigeria is just a place where people try harder than other minorities to do so. These women participated in humanitarian and charity work in Nigeria because they wanted to. They wanted to show their culture and home that anyone could, could succeed like them. They used their platform as successful Nigerian athletic women in the U.S. to do better. But somehow this still gets twisted into a race or culture concept that some minorities are bound to be more successful than others. Make that make sense. It doesn't make sense. And it hasn't made sense for women of color for hundreds of years. I presented all of this information here today because if you're not educating yourself on these problems that women of color have faced and continue to face in sports, you're becoming a part of the problem. It is not enough for just some people to use their platform to speak out about these injustices. White people need to realize what is going on all around them and involve themselves to change it. As I said before, this should infuriate you. This should make you research how you can make a change, how you can use your voice, and how you can spread this to more people and educate them. I know what it feels like to be treated as a woman and as a woman in sports, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what it feels like to be a black woman in sports. What I am going to do is not be a part of the problem, and I hope you feel that way also. It's time to reflect on how far women have come and how much farther we still have to go. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode, and I hope you join me next week for some more content. Thank you.